You know, we've started to see an uptick in EV inventories. Less people are buying them currently. And I think the biggest part in this is the infrastructure. Whether that's not enough chargers, chargers that don't work once you get there, it is a problem. And I, and, and to me, that is probably problem number one for potential EV buyers that are in the market for a vehicle. I think price plays a role. I think all of it is 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 a factor for people. But for me, it's infrastructure number one. I think it depends on where you're at. I think it depends on how many chargers are in your area, if you're going to get one put in your house. All of those things can can play a huge role. Jennifer Mefford's the national co-chair of the Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Training Program, and she joins us this afternoon on JR Afternoon. Jen, good to have you. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Talk to me a little bit about where we stand today. And, and I want to talk about where we're going in the future. But as we stand today, do we have enough charging stations around to get people from point A to point B for, without running out of juice? You know, I think as we look at charging infrastructure, we have to always keep in mind that 80% of charging your personal vehicle is going to happen at home. So most of the pinch point conversations around infrastructure are really around public infrastructure, right? What am I going to do when I'm away from my house and I'm out in the wild and I need to charge? So I think they're really kind of two separate things. Um, Infrastructure at home um, does have some considerations, and you mentioned those, you know, how much capacity do you have in your current electric panel? What type of vehicle are you getting? What type of charging? How fast do you want to do that? All those considerations are at play. I think there's some great solutions for consumers on that end. Um, but yeah, when people start thinking about, I'm going to leave my house, I'm going to go out into the world, how is that going to look for me? We've seen... I'm encouraged. Go ahead. You know, yeah, we, we, we've seen some of the, the cooperation now particularly with Tesla, right? Tesla has kind of owned the market space in the United States over the last, you know, five, six years or so. And so you've got the GMs, the Fords coming out and saying, look, we got to partner with them because they already have a built-in network of, of superchargers that we can tap into. So what they're starting to do is is provide adapters so that when their customers need electricity and they stumble across one of these Tesla superchargers, they have the ability to charge up. Is it is it a situation where and, and Jim Farley, even uh, as, a, as a side note, when he went out west and did his tour in the F-150 Lightning, he said that that the infrastructure, the charging was a bit of an issue. Is it beneficial for for those decision makers up at the top at at these auto companies to understand real world situations where they go out and say, yeah, it, it was difficult to find chargers. It was difficult to find superchargers or the amount of time we had to wait to get charged. It, how beneficial is that? And then how does that shape the way they look at EV infrastructure? Yeah, I think that feedback is critical. I think they have to understand what it really feels like to own that vehicle and to use it in the world. And any of those conversations and any of that feedback, even though sometimes it isn't exactly I'm sure what they want to hear um, is, is so important for how this market evolves. So there is a lot more infrastructure going in. The partnership with Tesla, uh, I think, was a wonderful, wonderful development. The initial, the secondary announcement of other automakers coming together, making significant investments in another DC fast charging public infrastructure network, um, will really help shore up kind of some of these gaps in your commute, right? It'll 
The NEVI funding brings in charging stations every 50 miles, but those private investments will bring in charging more often than that and in places that are in and around your neighborhood. So I think that when more people who are kind of looking at EVs right now as, hey, I, I, I could maybe like that, if they make a vehicle in the style and the model that I like, and maybe it's just an electric version of what I'm already driving, mm -hmm. and I can start to see infrastructure coming in, um, I'm going to feel more comfortable. I'm going to go ahead with it. I'm going through that right now. I'm ordering my Blazer EV. I've been on the wait list for a year, and I'm so excited to move ahead with that. Um, but I didn't get an EV four or five years ago because I do move around the seven counties around Detroit for my work, mm -hmm. and I just wasn't quite there yet. And I'm in the industry, right? So I think I'm a pretty normal consumer, and I think my perspective is that of many. And so I do feel like I'm much more comfortable now with the infrastructure that I can see going into the market. What's the federal government doing uh, to to kind of ramp up this infrastructure that's that's vastly needed? I mean, to me, it's almost like it's almost like the chicken or the egg. What do you need first? Do you need the EVs first yeah. or do you need the, the network first? And and I think we're trying to to kind of deal with two birds with one stone. But but what's the federal government doing? And then when do you think we get to the point where people go, OK, I see enough around. I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to get an EV. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of out of that, you know, pioneer adopter stage and kind of really into early mass adoption. There are over 30 vehicles, product is prevalent, charging is more available, prices are coming down. All those things are kind of starting to happen. So if you look at it on a growth curve, I don't think we're at the very beginning where it's flat. I think we're kind of coming up that arc up to where the market's going to grow. Now, how quickly it expands beyond that depends on all these things, depends on more infrastructure going in. Federal monies are going to support that, but these private investments by the automakers are uh, equal to that, if not greater. And I think so important in making sure that there's enough infrastructure to make this all make sense. In some of your last conversations uh, earlier in the show, was conversation about the importance of battery energy storage. Battery storage is going to play a huge role in making all this work. How this interfaces with the grid, how bi-directional vehicles interface with your home and provide power to that home or feed power back into the grid. There's lots of technology coming online and i love to see that innovation now what sticks and what you know keeps carries on i think we're in that natural kind of we've got to we've got to keep on pushing forward and see what works and that feedback loop that you mentioned chris is so important what is that experience really like and then how does industry respond to it jennifer mefford with the electric vehicle infrastructure training program thank you so much look forward to talking with you soon thanks chris 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. You want to weigh in on that? Uh, it's there for you. We do have a couple folks on the line. I want to get to them. Don's in Clarkston. Hey, Don. And Don. Hi, Don. Hey, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the smart grid. Mm -hmm. We have it in our neighborhood right now. And uh, I'll tell you how it's performed over the last six or seven years is that all 31 power outages we've had, which are some up to eight days long, have literally been extended day by day by day by day because of their smart grid. Mm. They have to actually come out and automatically or manually reset the system every time we have a power outage, and they forget to do it. 
How many allergies did you say you've had this year? Uh, this year we've had four. Okay. But over the past six or seven years, it's probably in the 30, 35 range. Since you got the smart grid. Yes. Interesting. All right. Well, and, it, 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 and, it's, it, and it's eight houses that are on this particular portion of the smart grid. They're trying to break it up into little pieces uh-huh. and bi-directional flow the, elect- the electricity so it can come from either direction. Interesting. And, and their switching does not work. Their cellular system does not communicate with their home base. Um, I have literally had to chase down DTE trucks to have them come and push a button inside a box. Well, look, and this is one of the things that DTE is trying to fix. They, they've got different types of technologies they want to institute that hopefully would alleviate some of these problems. 800-859-0957. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon.